Three, two, one, roll the footage. Welcome back, everybody, to the Strategy Sprints podcast. I'm your host, Simon Severino, and my guest today has helped thousands of entrepreneurs succeed in their business by doing outsourcing in a different way. He created and runs onlinejobs.ph, the largest website for finding Filipino virtual workers. He works about 17 hours per week, choosing to spend his time with his family rather than working. Welcome, everybody. John Jonas. Hey, thanks for having me. It is so cool to have you here, and it, it is so relevant what we're going to talk about, systemizing outsourcing and regaining your life back. It's such a big deal. It's, a, it, like, it's, it's such a topic, and then nobody actually does it, but it is possible. You have family, you run a business, and you can run a thriving global business with 17 hours per week. We have to share every detail of this. Okay, yeah, let's do it. And uh, I am I am in your game also because I also run a business uh, that is over many countries. I have two kids and I was, of course, working 80 hours in the first year, but now I am in year four and I have outsourced 48 hours per week of that. So now I do only 20 or 30, but we also have to talk. I fill up the rest with stuff, uh, but so, I, could, I could do also just 20. So you've, you've outsourced that stuff like through my systems, like to the Philippines, hiring Filipino I don't VAs. know your systems yet. I, I oh, will share okay. how I did it, where I started. Great, but but yes, it's it's very it's remote uh, colleagues, contractors, in other countries. Yes, yes, awesome. great, definitely Good for you. And uh, yeah, and we have to share this because it is it is not just it was maybe five years ago it was a cool thing to be like Tim Ferriss. Now it's vital. Yeah, I mean, it, with COVID and the way the world's going, like it's. You got to figure out some new stuff. It's pretty Absolutely. important. We have greetings from London. So we have people listening in and ask your questions, people. We are here to serve. So, yes, tell us, how, how did you start your own business and what did you outsource first? So just so you know, I have five kids. Um, they're like one of them's in one of them's in first grade and one of them's a senior right now. So I have I have uh, like the whole range. Um we love to ride our bikes. We love to ski. We love to run. We, I spend, I, I do something every day outside with my family. Um, and that's, that's what I do instead of working. Um, I have worked about 17 hours a week since, since 2008, 2009. And I run a very good seven, almost eight figure business. We might hit eight figures this year. Um, so, um, when I, when I started outsourcing, I was running uh, affiliate websites. Like this is 2005. I had uh, I had some websites where I had affiliate stuff on them, and I was driving traffic to them and doing SEO and pay per click and and all the things that you hear that you should be doing. I was doing it back then. You should be doing them today. 
And it was just like, just like you, I was working 60, 70 hours a week. And, and it was like, man, I got into this internet business so I didn't have to work so much. And I didn't know, like, this is, this is crazy. And I finally got a tip. I, I tried outsourcing a number of different ways. I tried Upwork. Actually, I tried Elance. It was, um, it's now Upwork. I tried hiring contract workers or per project stuff. I tried hiring people in India. I tried all kinds of stuff and it just wasn't, it wasn't working. And I got this tip from, from someone who's really, really good. He said, when you're ready to start outsourcing some of this stuff, make sure you go to the Philippines with it. And I was like, like that, really? He was like, yes. And he gave me a reason why. And he gave me a reference to where I could hire someone in the Philippines. And it kind of gave me hope that maybe I'd find something different than what I had experienced before. Because I had no idea. Like, you know, outsourcing is outsourcing. It sucks. It's a headache, whatever. And I thought, you know, maybe there's something different. And I didn't do it at first because, like, I was unsure. I, I just didn't know if I could find good people or if I could, if they could do good work or if I could keep them busy or if I could afford it. All that stuff. All those same, the same issues that people go through now that, that people listening to this are like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I went through that too. And I finally just decided it doesn't matter. If, if they can do great work or not. Uh, I can't keep doing what I'm doing. Uh, something has to change. And I took the leap and I hired this guy in the Philippines through an agency. Um, I was paying them $750 a month and they were paying him $250 a month. I didn't know that when this happened, but um, it was the most liberating experience of my life. I had, all of a sudden I had this guy whose full-time job was to do anything I asked him to do. Anything I was willing to teach him to do. And after a couple months of that, I realized like, dude, there's two of me now. I've, I'm doing work that I wanted to be doing, but I wasn't doing because I was doing all this dumb work. And now he's doing all that work for me and I'm doing better, high level, higher level work. And I hired someone else and to, they started taking off some of the other stuff that I was doing. And I was, I was doing higher level work. And finally I got to the point where I was doing, I was like making sales, which is like the, one of the upper level things that you can do as a, as an entrepreneur, like you have to make sales. That's part of it. Right. Um, and I had given all the rest of the work to these, to these two guys in the Philippines and it, and it really just changed my vision on how things could work and what I could do and what I could accomplish and, and my ability to get work done. And finally there was enough time in the day because you know, there wasn't before. Um, Jesus. And that was all like 2005, 2006, 2007. And, that, and I, I started teaching it a little bit because people wanted to know. People kept asking me like, hey, how are you doing this? Why is this working so well? What, you know, like, so I started teaching it and that kind of exploded. Uh, and finally, I was like, you know, there's a, there's a better way to find people, I think. Because I wanted to recruit someone. I went to this agency and they said, well, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? I was like, I don't want a webmaster or a programmer. I want a content writer. Well, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? Like that was the only option, you know? <laughs> and, and finally, I just said, you know, I think I could do something different. I think I could create a job board for the Philippines and maybe get a couple hundred profiles in it so that I could recruit someone myself because that's what I wanted. And, and then I didn't have to pay this three times markup, which through an agency today, you're going to pay that three times markup. It's going to be like, you're going to pay them like $2,000 a month and they're going to pay that worker like $600 a month, something like that. Um, and so I, I hired, I went back to them and said, I want a programmer. 
And I hired a programmer and had him build onlinejobs.ph and uh, put it out there. And in the first month, we had a couple hundred profiles and it was amazing. And I recruited someone. And, and then last year, we passed a million profiles and it's grow. It's still just growing like crazy. It exploded. And that's kind of the story. Quick check from the questions that we are getting in. Uh, Paul Hardywar, can you give three tips on how to quality assure the outsourced work, please? Yeah, so there's a couple things. Here's a couple thoughts of mine. Um, so number one is go to the Philippines. I mean, that it's a different experience than anywhere else in the world. And it's not that you can't find good people elsewhere. You're just more likely to find it in the Philippines. Um Number two is rather than hire contract work, um, so this is a big difference. Uh, people often want low commitment. So they're either going to hire someone on a per project basis because then you don't pay them until they're done. And uh, that's how like Upwork often works like that or uh, Fiverr, you don't, you know, you want contract work. And, and that's fine, but as a small business owner, it, it, like it takes the same amount of effort to hire someone full-time long-term as it does to hire a contract worker, uh, someone who's going to do a project and then they're gone. And, and then if you find out later that the work wasn't great, you have no recourse as opposed to if you hire someone that works for you either part-time or full-time, but long-term, if the work wasn't great, you have a recourse, like fix it. You, you know, you tell them to fix it. And the whole point here isn't just to get good work. The point is to allow yourself a little bit more freedom, some time freedom uh, and some mental freedom. Because if you have to go back and recruit someone else to fix the work, it, it's so painful. Um, as opposed to hiring someone that's that's there long-term and if work isn't right, then you can have them fix it. Uh, so that's that. That's number two. Um, the, the third thing is... Uh, follow a process in your recruiting. Like I, I get people that go on and just go willy nilly. Like I contacted someone and they didn't respond. Why? What? Why? Why? This sucks. Like, well, that's kind of not how this works. Like you don't just contact one person and decide this is the person I'm going to hire. They maybe they already have a job and they're not even looking for work right now, or uh, they're not interested in your job or, you know, like it, it doesn't, it doesn't often work to just contact someone. So if you can follow a system, um, like a good recruiting process, that if you do the recruiting process well, and I, I could cover my recruiting process if you want. If you do a recruiting process well, um, it's pretty easy to find good work like upfront. You don't have to kiss a bunch of frogs. You don't have to go through a bunch of bad BAs before you find a good one. What's your recruiting process? Okay, so uh, let me preface this by saying uh, I, I realized a while ago, everybody wants to know the recruiting process, right? And so I, I started writing it out uh, like a year ago and it came out as 38 pages single spaced. And so I, I, was, I finally decided I, I need to put this together into a package. So my full detailed everything is available at onevaoa.com. Um, and it's $49.00. But it's a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't find someone great, I'll give you your money back. So in, in like five minutes now, I'm gonna, I'll cover my recruiting process and give you the overview of it. Um, 
So the, the first thing is decide who you're going to hire. And hopefully that person is doing something that you know how to do. That's step one is find something that you know how to do that you could teach someone else. Uh, everybody wants to hire someone to do something they don't know how to do. And that's fine. You can do it. But if you're already working 50 or 60 hours a week and you go and hire someone that, to do something that you don't know how to do, you're now working 55 or 65 hours a week and you're not managing that person super well and you're not doing what you were previously doing very well either, right? So I've just found this over the years and with thousands and thousands of people, it's way more effective if you will find something that you know how to do that you can teach someone else to do. And hopefully it's something that you're doing and something you don't like doing. That's the best case scenario. Because um, then you know like, oh, I'm doing this writing stuff and I hate doing this. I'm doing social media and I hate doing this. I'm doing uh, wh whatever it is, right? I'm doing this lead generation stuff and I hate doing it. So when you go to post your job, you know what, like you know what skills you're looking for, right? So step number two is to go into onlinejobs.ph and search, search your skills and look at some profiles. I want you to look at like 20 profiles of, of people. And you're going to get a really good idea of a number of things. One, you're going to get a good idea of how much people are asking to make. So you'll, you'll get a really good idea of salary. Number two, you're going to get a good idea of what skills exist out there. Like, can I get um, multiple skills in the same person? Or can I, can I only find one skill? Or are, are maybe there's something else that I'm not recognizing that I, that I need that a, a whole bunch of people have this skill, right? So then step three is to go and post your job. You, you have a really good idea of the things you're going to post, of salary, of what your job post is, your job title. You've looked at a whole bunch of people. Um, post your job. And then you're going to start getting applications in. When you start getting applications, and just so you know, on onlinejobs.ph, you can also contact people. Like if you look at the resume or the profile, you can contact people. Um, in order to contact them, you have to pay. And in order to respond to their job applications, you have to pay. It's uh, $69 to, to be able to respond to people or to contact people, right? So you can post your job and you can get the applications just to see, like, are, are people... Are there relevant people interested in my job? Um, so if you're going to contact people, don't just contact one or two. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You got to contact like 20 or 30 or get job applications from a job post. So step four is now you have, you've, you have a whole bunch of applications. Step four is to interview them. And the first thing to do is not jump to a Skype interview. That's a giant mistake that people make. Um, I could get into the details. I, I don't I don't feel like we'll have time for that. Uh, sure, but, we have time. These details are so important. So so in the Philippines, they're a very pleasing culture. Like they they want to make you happy. It, it's it's just part of their culture. And they're so dang good at it. But there's a caveat. If they feel like they're gonna let you down or you're gonna be disappointed in them or you or they're gonna be embarrassed. They don't want to do it. And the Skype interview is, is one of those things where they're worried that you're not going to understand them. They know they're going to understand you because they watch American TV and they, listen, they watch American movies. They know they're going to understand you. But if they feel like that maybe you'll be disappointed in their English or something like that, then they're likely to not show up. And here's, so here's I mean, you can try this. You can do it. Here's what will happen. You try and schedule 10 Skype interviews with 10 good candidates. Uh, five of them won't schedule with you. 
So you lost five good candidates for a job that doesn't require them to be doing phone calls, right? Most of the most jobs aren't don't require people to be doing phone calls. Um, of the other five, five of them will schedule with you. Of those five, three of them won't show up for the interview. And so you're sitting waiting for them to show up and you're frustrated and they don't show up and two of them will. And those two who showed up were just the two most confident in doing a Skype interview. It doesn't mean they're the two best candidates for the job. So if you're going to do a Skype interview, do it at the end of the recruiting process. Um, and the whole deal here is, is about trust. So we often go into this thinking, I don't know how I, if I can trust this person. When they're thinking the same thing, but their feeling of this, I don't know if I can trust this boss is even more intense than your feeling of not trusting them. And it's more risky for them. Like they're, the Philippines is a third world country. They don't call it a third world. They call it an emerging economy. But um, like they're trusting you basically with their life if you hire them. Mm -hmm. uh, like if, you, if they do a bunch of work and you don't pay them, they're not going to eat. And that's a big deal. And so uh, the way to solve this problem of, of trust, uh, you have to, so you have to gain their trust. And part of that, in, like in the interview process, if you gain their trust before you do the Skype interview, they're way more likely to show up to the interview. Plus, nobody likes doing recruiting because it takes time. And there's a better way than just jumping on Skype interviews, which take 20 minutes, as opposed to just sending an email and starting to weed people out via email, and which takes one minute. Um, so my recruiting process is to, uh, I will start sending emails to everybody who responds, at least everybody who followed directions in the job post. And I send an email with, two, three, four questions. And I'll probably send that same email to every single person. And then I'm looking at responses. So um, I'm looking for a number of things. How quickly did you respond? Does it take you, you know, do you respond each day or does it take you three days to respond? Because after I hire you, if it takes you three days to respond, that doesn't really work for me, right? Um, I'm looking at your attention to detail. If I ask four questions, you only answer three of them. Well, you know, like if I give you, what are the chances of, if I give you four tasks, you're only going to do three of them afterwards. Like that, that doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm looking at their English, at their English, like how is their command of English? Now, obviously for, for some positions, it just doesn't matter. Like for a technical person, for, um, for a programmer, for a designer, for um, an editor, it, it, like their English, English isn't, English isn't going to, a video editor, English doesn't really matter there, right? But for most other things, English matters. And I can, I get a good look at at how are you responding to my emails versus what's your profile like? Like it's reasonable to have your friend help you write your profile. It's not reasonable to have your friend respond to 10 emails over 10 days, right? Um, so with that, you'll find that like half the people will drop themselves out. Another 30%, you'll drop them out and um, you're left with a good recruiting pool. So step five would be to do the Skype interview after you've done a bunch of email and, and you've gotten a good idea. Um, you can also do a test here. Like if you're going to test people, now's the time to, to give them a test. Um, and then step six would be to negotiate. So you, you have a really good idea of who you want to hire. You probably narrowed it down to two people, one or two people. You're going to negotiate salary. You're going to negotiate um, like hours that they're going to work. I just so you know, I don't require any specific hours of my people other than in customer support. Cause we want to cover 24 seven shifts. So they're working specific hours. Other than that, I just let them get their work done when, whenever they want to get their work done. Um, 
you can negotiate like paid time off, uh, which I don't give any specific amount of paid time off. I tell people you can have whatever paid time off you want. Uh, I just want to know ahead of time. And I've never had someone take advantage of it. And then once you've negotiated, you, you'll figure out like exactly, like it'll be obvious who to hire, hopefully. And then step seven is hire, give them a job. So often people will be like, oh, I want to start you for a, for a month and uh, I want you to do these six tasks and then I'll see if I want to hire you. And like I said before, they're hesitant to do, they're hesitant to do work because they're scared of not getting paid. So mm -hmm. offer them a job. And what I recommend is you pay them weekly for the first couple months, mm -hmm. just so that they're not out, like they're not doing a full month of work mm -hmm. and not getting paid because that's so dang risky for them. Um, so pay them weekly. And after a couple of months, you can start paying them monthly or, or twice a month or something like that. Uh, just work to gain their trust. And that's a, that's a big deal. And if you gain their trust, they will do so many things to try and make you happy. And we are talking a contract here, a monthly contract that is paid weekly, or are we talking payroll? So for me, it's payroll. Like I agree with them that I'm going to pay you $600 per month for full-time work. Like I, I want you to work 40 hours a week. I don't care when you do it. Um, I'm going to pay you this amount, regardless of what you do, like regardless of your work output. Now, obviously, if your work output is low, I'm going to say something, you know, like, hey, what's going on here? Why is this seems like you're doing six hours per week of work. Well, why? You know, I'll say something. And, and usually there's a reason like, oh, I don't understand your instructions. Or um, it like, it's so hot in the Philippines right now. It's just really hard to do this tedious, monotonous work over and over again. I, I need to go to an internet cafe or something, you know, you'll, you'll get like, they'll be pretty honest with you. That's one of the great things about the Philippines and them working for foreign bosses. They'll be pretty dang honest with you. Um, so that, that's a big deal. So you can hire someone hourly. Uh, it's reasonable. Um, just be aware that hourly work in the Philippines is almost always associated with, uh, with part-time work. So if you're paying someone hourly, they're probably looking for a job somewhere else. And if you can keep them working just for you, that's a big deal. Like if you're, if you're their number one priority full time, you know, it's a lot better than being their second priority. Um, the other side of that is that most people don't ever think about, but this is for the entrepreneurs. So when I got started, I thought, oh man, like this commitment of paying them full time, like paying $750 a month is such a commitment. I just want to pay them hourly. And if they're not working, then I'm not, then I'm not on the hook. Right. Cause that, that, that doesn't, that lets me be lazy, right? Which is what I wanted because that sounds so much better to not have a commitment. What I found almost instantly was, oh, I didn't give him enough work to do. I better figure out something for him to do. And it was the first time ever I was able to work on my business, not in my business. And I was forced to work on my business because I had hired him full time. And to me, that's one of the best things an entrepreneur can do is force yourself to work on your business. Because uh, if you do, um, your business will start to change. I, I so often see people hire hourly and when that person's not busy, you don't give a crap. Like who cares? It's not on, it's not on me to fill their time. So it doesn't really matter. Where if you, if you agree to pay them a, a salary, it is on you and you've made a commitment. And that commitment is to them and it's a commitment to yourself. You're committing to yourself that you're going to build your business. You're going to work on it. And 
uh, you're committing to them that you're going to, you're going to take care of them. And it's amazing what, what you'll see yourself do and your business do when you make that commitment. This is so important work on your business, not just in the business. And many entrepreneurs, they think it's much harder. So I'm so happy that you are here and you have all this experience and you walk us really nitty gritty through the things because then uh, the listeners will, will go, oh, that's much more actionable than I thought. It's, I just need to follow this process. Do you teach these processes? How can, how can people get help from you? Yeah, so at 1VAOA.com, I teach the process. And it's like in detail, it's walk you through, here's what you should be thinking at this point. Here's what I look at when I look at a profile. Here's, here's some tips for posting. Like I got some tips for posting a job that'll weed out half the people right up front. Like you'll never even look at their applications because you'll know up front. Um, or like here are the questions I ask in the interview process. I teach all that at 1VAOA.com. Um, if you're interested in more of the more of like an overview of of virtual assistants in the philippines and like lifestyle change then i wrote a book about this and it it covers i mean it covers like managing and paying and firing and and bonuses and stuff like that uh it's titled the outsourcing lever and it's available at outsourcinglever.com for free uh it's like I, I bought a thousand copies of it and I'm giving it away for free if you'll pay shipping for me to ship it to you. So uh, outsourcinglever.com. Cool. And if we are a starter and let's say we are a small company, solopreneur, but they are growing in, in, in seven figures, let's say they do now half a million, they need to outsource staff. And, uh, and now they say, okay, where do I start? What are yeah. Well, starting outsourcing tasks. Yeah, so start here is at 1VAOA.com. That's like, it. you will be so, if you go through that process, you'll be so comfortable. You'll know, like, oh, I get it. I know who I should hire. I know what skills I should be looking for. I know, I know how to hire this person. I know how to get them started. 1VAOA.com. Okay. What was the one that you started with? I remember I started with first having a my all my as as you said the things that I hate. Uh first the bookkeeping, then I went through all financials also invoicing, PL, then I went to email because I was getting 400 emails per day. Then I went to client onboarding system, payment system, and fulfillment. What, what, what were the first one that you did outsource with your business? So when I started, that wasn't an option. Like it wasn't, it wasn't an option to find those people because you couldn't find them. Um, today, you can start with any of that stuff. It's so easy to find them on onlinejobs.ph. When I started, I could hire a webmaster or a programmer. Right, that was it. Like they said, oh, do you want a webmaster or a programmer? And so I was like, well, I want someone to write content for me, so I'll take a webmaster because that's more likely to do what I want. And then I taught them to write articles the way that I was doing it uh, because I hated it. I hated writing the articles, and so I taught them to write the articles. 
And then I taught them to submit the articles and I taught them how to do SEO with the articles and I taught them how to do linking and resource boxes. And I had to taught then I taught them how to build websites. Uh, he wasn't really a webmaster. They just called a webmaster anybody they could pull off the street. Um, and they gave him a little bit of training. So that, that was where I started. And that, and that's why I say like, find someone to do something that you know how to do. It was so dang good for me to, like you said, you know, doing the things that you don't like to do. Um, and all the things that you mentioned are totally reasonable. Like bookkeeping is so reasonable to hire or lead generation is so easy or backend, backend fulfillment or customer support. They're, they're so easy to hire for. Lead generation. Let's talk about that. Many people don't know what is lead generation. How can I do it if, I, if I'm in the US or in London? How can I let somebody on the Philippines do lead gen for me? So I don't know your business, but um, I'll tell you some of the things that we do. So I have uh, someone in the Philippines. So just so you know, um, I don't call them virtual assistants. I don't, I don't like the term VA. Because they're not like people think a VA is a secretary and they're not, I'm not hiring secretaries here. I'm hiring, I call them online Filipino specialists because they're dang good at stuff, right? So I have a girl who every day she participates in forums that are relevant to my industry and she participates as me. Um, so like there are paid forums that I'm invited to that people want me to participate in and she participates as me or like Facebook groups, she posts, because I don't wanna do that stuff. And every once in a while, as she posts, she'll, when it's relevant, she'll link to onlinejobs.ph or to onevaaway.com. That's generating leads, right? Um, I have another girl that uh, she looks for people that are doing things that could use what we do. And when she finds someone online, like making a, a post about outsourcing, something like that, um, she'll contact them and say, "Hey, would you be interested in using onlinejobs.ph?" Uh, and hey, let's you know, let's let's see if we can help you. Like, here's one VA away is relevant, right? Like, so she's generating leads for us, or she also looks for influencers, so people who have people have an audience, and they're um, she'll contact them and say, "Hey, how can we work together?" You know, like, and and it works super well for us. Um, I have. I have a girl whose full-time job is to, she runs Facebook ads for me. And so, I mean, there's a lot of lead generation going on with our Facebook ads. I have, um, I have people that do SEO. I have people that, I have someone who builds ClickFunnels sites for me. Uh, so, so from there, I have someone else that does social media for me. Like I don't, I don't wanna touch Facebook or Instagram ever. So I have someone that makes, social media posts for me. So I have whole systems in place at this point. When I started, I had one person, but now for lead generation, like I design a funnel. I have someone that builds it for me. I have someone that creates social media content for it for me. I have uh, someone that runs Facebook ads for it for me. Um, I have someone posting in forums for me. I have SEO done for it. Uh, all that stuff, you know, is all generating leads coming into the business. Beautiful. I'm so curious to hear even more about your your 
wisdom and your process after one word from our sponsors. Hey, if you love what you are hearing, you will love our free masterclasses. Go grab them at strategiesprints.com. By the way, this sponsor, Michelle, is one of the best colleagues that I ever had in the last 25 years of my career. And she is on the Philippines. Yeah. And we work 50 hours together every week. Wonderful. I, it's interesting. So like her accent is just slight. There's just a slight accent. But her English is perfect, right? Perfect. And that's that's so common with the Philippines. Their English is perfect. Um, yeah, it's so good. Absolutely. And um, it, I think we have covered a lot of ground in terms of the technical and the nitty-gritty and everything else. People just go on John Jonas' website and really get it from there. There is everything, the checklist, where to start, uh, and, and, and really what to click. Now I'm curious. So we have outsourced stuff. You have just 17 hours of work. Because what happened now with me, I had... I could be done with 20 hours and then play with my kids. But then, you know, I find the new higher leverage possibility. Like I could do more joint ventures. I could be on more podcasts. I could do be on bigger stages. I could write a book. I started writing a book because I had so much time. So how do you deal with that? So I did that. I mean, I started doing this in 2005. Um, in 2008, I was forced into the four hour work week, um, which was amazing. And there's, I, I, I tell that story elsewhere, but, um, that was where I realized like, oh my gosh, these people in the Philippines really are good. And they can, if I teach them right, they can run my business for me. Uh, so up until that point, every time I had like gotten something off of my plate and lowered my time, I would just take on something else. And, and at that point when I was forced to not take on something else was when I started realizing, oh, I could spend this time with my kids. And to me, um, that's the best time that can be spent is, is building relationships, uh, especially with your family. Uh, so many of us ignore that relationship and just endlessly endlessly want more, you know? Um, and so I love what I do. I love, I mean, it is so fulfilling to, to see people succeed in their businesses because they got the help that they needed. It's so fulfilling to ha have people in the Philippines. I get emails every single day from employers and from workers saying, thank you so much. This changed my life. But in the end, I like riding my bike more than than the work. I like skiing more than the work, you know? Um, and so at some point I just started making the choice to say, uh, I, I need to exercise every day and I'm not going to get up at 5 a.m. to do that. I'm going to do that at 9 a.m. And, and then there was just less time to get the rest of the work done. And then we started doing more like, oh, let's ride our bikes for four hours today. Let's uh, ski four times this week. Um, so, uh, th and there is more to that. Um, one of the big things that I feel like people need to learn better is to say no. Um, 
every week I get people saying, hey, have you ever thought about starting a job board for other countries? Yes, I have. Let's do it together. No, I'm not. I mean, for one, the, the Philippines is different than elsewhere. But two, there's so much work involved in that. And so anytime I evaluate a business opportunity, one of the things that I look at is who's going to do the work here. Is it me or is it someone else? Like who's ultimately responsible for this thing that we're about to do? Um, if we take customers or clients, do they want to talk to me in the end? Like, am I the ultimate reason they're, they're paying or is it because of uh, something else? Can someone else do the work? And if it, if it, it falls on me, I'm not going to do it. And that's been one of the things I've always looked at. Like I will not sell time for money. Uh, I won't trade time for money. I won't do consulting. I won't do coaching. I won't, um, I won't build your website for you. Um, so that, that's always been like, I, I learned to say no a, a long time ago. And that's a big deal. Cool. Two, two answers. One is you can run a franchise system where you have to do nothing and the, and the new country runs itself. We can talk separately about that. But I am much more curious about how you stay in balance because that is so healthy and so sane. And um, most of us don't have that to say, okay, that's, that's, that's the point where I can say I'm happy with this balance and I will keep that and I will say no to everything else. Because from, from time to time, some shiny objects pop up, right? How do you keep on track? Uh, I mean, I wish I had a great answer for you. I, so there's always work to be done. There's always work to be done. Um, that work will be there tomorrow. It won't go away. You know, like it, but my kids will go away. And so every day I choose when they get home from school, um, I choose to get off of my computer. What, whatever emails there are still to answer or whatever there is, I make the choice to get up and be there when they get home from school. And uh, so usually that means that I'm done. I mean, I'm done working for the day because we're going to go on a bike ride or we're going to go, we're going to go, go do something. Um, and that, that, so one of the guiding things in my life has always been the, uh, there's a quote that no other success in life compensates for failure in the home. And to me, that's, I don't want to fail at home. I, I want to be a dad. I want to be a good husband. I want to give my wife the time that she needs and deserves. And so I learned to delegate really well. Like I'm, oh, there's this thing. I can do this. I can do this really well. I, if I do this, I'll do it better than someone else. But, I, but that's a lot of my time. And I'm going to get someone else to do it. That's beautiful. And so much needed right now when people in COVID think, oh, I have to do more, I have to do more. S such a beautiful, sane and simple and clear and applicable 
uh, message. Thank you so much for that. And um, please tell again, where should people go directly if they want to start outsourcing or do outsourcing better? Yeah, so to like for the steps of what to do, onevaoa.com. Uh, the place to hire people is onlinejobs.ph. If you if you're just ready, like you know, you know what you need, you know how to do it, you you know how to hire. Uh, onlinejobs.ph is the place that and I own onlinejobs.ph, but that's where everybody goes. Like, eventually, everybody ends up on onlinejobs.ph, regardless of where you start trying to hire people. Um, and then if you, my book is available at, at outsourcinglever.com. Uh, I, if you want me. I am infinitely available through email. I will answer emails. I don't do phone calls. I don't do social media. If you contact me on social media, that's fine. It doesn't come to me. Um, but but uh, every day my VAs, my OFS, online Filipino specialist, she sorts through the contact stuff on, on social media and she responds to what she knows to respond to and otherwise she sends it to me and I will respond directly to you via email. Um, I just find email is is so fast. It, it allows me to continue to work my life, to live my lifestyle. So, or the contact us link at any of my websites, obviously it doesn't come to me, but if you say this is for John, it gets sent to me. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show. This is so inspiring and uh, you have inspired me and uh, I guess many here in our community to be better CEOs, better parents, better husbands, better lovers, better friends. Thank you so much, John. And please come back soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Avoid trying to do thousands of things that doesn't work. We have 274 templates for your business success. Reach your ambitious goals with one-on-one -on -one sprint coach. We double your revenue in 90 days.